This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, Associated Press is full of shit. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports show. Jason Hobbs says Saratoga hangover. Guess what? Oh, oh, no. You said Saratoga's over. I thought that said hangover. Jason, that's why we're on the air. We came on right as it ended because we wanted to cheer everyone up. Papa Dude, how are we today? I guess for you horse racing degenerates, it is a horrible day, isn't it? It's the worst. I hate this day. Really? Oh, it's the worst. It used to be when, so you just totally switched. It used to be when Oakland ended, you were just sick as a dog, and now it's Saratoga. It's the worst. I hate it. It's my least favorite day of the year. And like I said, they just ran the 12th race about 10 minutes ago. It made it a little easier because it did rain today. All the races, well, not all, but the last two, I think, turf races came off. Uh, so that made it a little bit easier. It wasn't a real pretty day. But, yeah, it's still it's very sad. But I think it's so short, isn't it, a season? They've lengthened it, but yeah, it does. It, uh, it It's too short, yeah. And, it yeah, it, it completely sucks. Yep. It's the worst every year. Every year it's awful. So now you got about a two month lull until the Breeders' Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still really good racing that'll happen. And, you know, Santa Anita's coming back and uh, we can still got a week at Del Mar. That's great. They they run an extra week this year. Uh, well, they started uh, later and now they're running later. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's some good stuff. But yeah, no, uh, no Saratoga is this. Yeah. It's, it's definitely sad for sure. Yeah. Kentucky Downs is going. Kevin O can't figure that out. Look, I would probably put the numbers in a hat and draw them out. That's how I would do Kentucky Downs. You know, I can't get into Del Mar. I don't know why. I, I can't. Now, Santa Anita, I can watch that some. But Del Mar, I just – maybe it's because Saratoga is going on at the same time. That could be. I don't dislike Del Mar. I, I'm the same way. I think, like, you know, Saratoga starts first and all the races are over and it's like, like there's kind of the run in between there and then it's kind of late. Yeah, you're kind of going, when you live in this part of the country, you're off ready to go do something else. I yeah, think that's what happens. Me too. I've sat and watched Saratoga all day. I don't, you know, I, I just can't get interested in Del Mar. Yeah, and see, this is the depressing thing. On to the Big A. Yeah, so we're not even going to Belmont. We're going to Aqueduct because uh, we're running the Belmont meet at Aqueduct. So, yeah, when that first race at Aqueduct's run, you're like, yeah, this this isn't really Saratoga. So. No. Well, listen, this is a sports show, and uh, we have a plenty to talk about uh, today as we kind of recap week one of college football. Uh, it was it was fun, man. Even from Thursday all the way through last night, uh, it was just nonstop action, a lot of fun. You forget how exciting college football is until it's back and right in front of us. I know, Papa Dude, you've got kind of your your biggest like surprises or, or or the big winners of Week One, and then some of the disappointments as well. So we'll kind of we're going to go through the scores, kind of recap everything, and then you can kind of jump in when you've got one. You That's bet. Good. You guys chime in with yours too. You know, if you've got a big dis, I call them uh, my good ones are going to be the principal's honor roll. I'm <laughs> going to use some school uh, terminology here. So our good ones are going to be the principal's honor roll, and the other one will be the failing list. So we've got five, maybe six or seven here. i got a tie for fifth on a couple of these. So All right. If you agree with them. I like it. Yeah, people are going back to school, so we'll theme it like that. I like it. Yeah. All right. I'll pull up the scores now, and we'll get going on this, and we'll start with the Thursday night 
uh, games. God, these were good games. Uh, we're going to do the top 25, by the way. Oh, it started off Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. Listen, this was never in doubt. Oklahoma State got way ahead. Central Michigan has some success on offense late. They end up covering this. Uh, what's up with Oklahoma State? Was it a good game for them? I mean, we've kind of had mixed reports from the media in Oklahoma. What did you think about Oklahoma State? Well, it, it didn't make either list. However, I think there is some doubts a little bit now with Oklahoma State that we might not have had before. Now, you kind of zeroed in on, you didn't think they, you thought they would struggle. They didn't early, but they did later on. Did they let a lot off the gas? It's possible. So they didn't make the list, but they're kind of a question mark at number 12, I think. They're going to play better than that. Well, I, I kind of had a feeling that their defense would struggle because a lot of experience coming back for Central Michigan and not a lot of experience for Oklahoma State. And they did struggle a bit. Their offense was great. You know, they we talked about how experienced the offense was, and they looked it. They played fantastic. They certainly let off the gas offensively, but defensively they just kind of had some struggles uh, a little bit. But I would not be too concerned. They're going to get better throughout the year. A lot of inexperience there. So I thought – I said it when I picked Central Michigan with the spread. I think it was 21 and a half. Mm -hmm. So this is not a knock on Oklahoma State. This is more of a, I think Central Michigan will be able to score points on them, and they did. I'm still not like down on the on the Cowboys. I think they're going to be fine, but you know they're going to have some trouble early, without any doubt. All right, let's move on. West Virginia and Pittsburgh. This was one of the games of the week. Even if you get into the Saturday games, this is fantastic. These two teams hated each other. The backyard brawl was back. Took 11 years uh, before they were able to get back together like this. Pittsburgh pulls away, well, sort of. It didn't really pull away, but inches away and wins 38-31. What was your takeaway from this one? Fantastic game. Uh, this is the conference West Virginia belongs in. They should get out of the Big 12 and get into the ACC if they can. Uh, it's better geographically for them and everything else. This was a great game. I was very impressed with both teams. I think West Virginia is going to be pretty good. It was a tough loss tough loss for them i don't have pittsburgh in my top 25 but i will if they win this week we'll be discussing uh, next week's games more on wednesday i think but just a little preview pittsburgh and tennessee this week that's going to be a great game i think the winner of that one will definitely well if pittsburgh wins they definitely be in my top 25 they're already in the top 25 i think they're a tad overrated but i was impressed with them i uh and I and I really liked uh, Daniels with West Virginia. That was a great game. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And, and Mackey Man says a lot more scoring in the game than he thought. And I agree. It didn't feel like that was going to be the case, but they really got going in the second half. Uh, both quarterbacks were transfers. I thought both of them at times played really well. Uh, I think they're both going to be fine. So uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed by this one. Uh, we could we're not going to talk about Wake Forest and VMI, but there was another game on Thursday, and that was Penn State and Purdue. I'll bring it up real quick here. Uh, Mackie says his Boilers blew it on Thursday night. They they did. I can't argue with that statement. And sorry that your you know your team didn't do it there. But what was your takeaway from Penn State Purdue? Well, we said it. Uh, I don't know. I think it was on the uh, Daily Show. We do. Uh, it was just a matter. Of Penn State outclassed uh, Purdue. Or there. What? How did you phrase it in the horse racing world? Yeah, just outclassed them. You just yeah. this. You know. I, I think Purdue talent-wise probably had just mm -hmm. as good of a team, but they just the jersey yep. said Purdue and the other one said Penn State. And that's the way yeah. that's the only way I can describe it. You watch the game, it's like I think Purdue's a little better, but yeah. they couldn't get it done. 
Now, it's a huge, huge win for either one of those. That was a key game to yeah. how well they do. Uh, most of us have Penn State out just barely outside the top 25. We probably have them out a little more if they weren't Penn State. This is a game they had to win. Now you can start looking at them and saying, okay, they can go nine and three, ten and two. You know, whereas before, if they lose this game, you're looking seven and five, eight and four. So I've got this one as one of the eye openers of the week for me. I thought Penn State was much better offensively than I've seen them. And I think they may uh, use this as a kind of a jumping off point for them for the rest of the season. I thought that was a huge win for Penn State. Jason says the only guy Franklin can out coach is uh, Brom. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I know but, uh, Franklin won a lot of games at Vanderbilt. He must know how to do something. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I thought Penn State certainly uh, they just kind of were able to edge him out, class out class him. Like I said, yeah. Um, like I said, it just felt like Purdue was the better team, and, and they they lost it. So, yeah. um, good win for Penn State. Well, fast yeah. forward one day. To Friday, Michigan State beats Western Michigan 35 to 13. They end up covering the spread. It was right there at the line. Um, I was not overly impressed with the Spartans. No, just so so. I'm not too high on them anyway. About the way I thought the game would go. You know, I think they're one of those on the borderline top 20, maybe, maybe top 20 teams, maybe just outside the top 25. I when it's all said. And done. So this was a nothing game, really. For yeah, from they couldn't move the ball very well. Uh, a lot of those points were in the last quarter, as you see there. They scored fourteen in the fourth quarter. It was tight for a while. Uh, I don't think Western Michigan is that great. So they're not awful by any stretch, but they're not like a top MAC team in my opinion this year. Yeah. Um, so I was surprised by the score of that game. It, and like I said, not a great offensive uh, look uh, on Friday night. All right, let's move on. To Saturday, the game we were at, Oklahoma beats UTEP 45-13. to 13. You know, I was thinking about this today, and you may agree and you may not agree, and I, I don't even mean this as a bad thing. I just think in general it was the most boring opening game we've ever had. There, we were solid. Every, every position or every person you asked about is like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was solid. Mm -hmm. There was no wow, and there was no horrible, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, totally agree. I was bored to tears. I mean, it, it bored in in terms of this uh, football game. Like it was still fun, and it, it, it's yeah. great to be there. But but as far as a football game goes, it was a very boring game. It was a strange, you know. Everybody, the fan base. I hate that term, by the way. But the uh, the fans at OU are so turned on with the new regime. The game, it just there wasn't any doubt who was going to win, really. They got out to 21 nothing lead. It was really hot. It was just kind of a – It was everybody was ready to go, I thought, but it just never happened. I, it's a really strange – you're right. It was a strange feeling for a home opener. I think some of it is next week is not a good game at all, and uh, I think they're just waiting for, for the Nebraska game, which most people think will be a route, uh, but it, that's a – a big thing. If you're an old timer like me, the Nebraska Oklahoma game means something no matter what. So I think they're waiting for that maybe. And then I think game four, when K State comes to town, I think if if we're three and oh, I think it'll be a totally different feeling. 
It's yeah. Jason makes a kind of a funny comment. He says, is it more like a big barbecue when you know it's going to be a glorified practice? Yeah, it is. It, it, so to explain the dynamic, most of the people in the stadium are season ticket holders, right? Yes. So like my dad and I have sat in the same seat since 2000 and most of the people we know now we get, you know, people, honestly, they pass away and you get new people in, but Everybody around us, we kind of know, and so especially the first game, usually an easy game, you kind of catch up on what you do going on in everybody's lives the last eight months, don't you? Yeah, you do. It, 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 yeah, we were sitting there, and and there's there's uh, three people left sitting around us from when we started 23 years ago. Yep. And and that's kind of depressing in a way. And there's several we don't know what happened to. Yeah. And we're afraid COVID might have got a couple of them because the two guys, the two people that manualize that sits behind us uh, for years, haven't been there the last two years. And that guy would have never given up his seats. Never, never missed a game. Yeah. Never. So it is, it, it's kind of, it is kind of strange. And everybody was just kind of down just sitting there really. And, and I thought it would be crazy. And, and the team played well. Uh, I, I didn't think they were fabulous, but they're not fabulous anyway. But 45-13, easy win. You know, a lot of new guys playing. It was a good, solid performance. It was just kind of a strange, like you said, a really strange feeling. It, yeah, and that's just it. I've never been to a game. Well, I mean, I have, but I've, it's been very few games where I didn't have any takeaways. No. Good or bad. It was just like, yeah, they were. everything was just fine, and that's it. So, yeah, there were no surprises, really. No, no. Um, I think the fact that UTEP had gotten beat the week before kind of hurt a little bit. If they had come in there after a win, that would have helped. We got Kent State this week. Oh, you people don't care about those games. They really right. don't. They'll be there, but they don't care. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Can't you really just can't take much away? This is another one you can't take much away from. Alabama wins fifty-five to nothing. Uh, the Alabama first half cover, it continues to be money uh, as they were up way, way over the spread in that first half. Uh, listen, they they should have beat Utah State 55 to nothing, and they did. That's really yeah. all you really need to be said about them, right? That's right. They're a machine. They come out and they do what they're supposed to do. It'll be a little tougher this week. This is a big-time game. I think it's the early game, too. They go to, to Austin to play Texas, and you know they'll handle them, I think. but. That's still a tough chore to go down there. Texas will be ready, but I don't think they can go toe-to-toe with them. It'd be pretty surprising to see Texas uh, give them much of a game. But, yeah, it's like you always have to play well when you go to Austin. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them uh, this week. And that, we'll talk about that one on Thursday, I'm sure, try to analyze uh, what's going to happen there with the spread and everything like that. We'll move on to Notre Dame and Ohio State. It was a feature game of the week as far as the rankings go. It was a very competitive game. Notre Dame had the lead at the half. They got shut out in the second half, though. And uh, Ohio State edges clear late for a 21-10 victory. Ohio State does not cover here. Um, So what were kind of your takeaways of Ohio State? Well, I'm hearing a lot of people go, what is wrong with Ohio State? Well, you know, anytime you beat Notre Dame, I would say they're happy that they beat Notre Dame. Now, they didn't play well offensively. And they've lost some people. They lost some receivers. And their other guy got hurt in that game I read uh, this morning. So they're down three quality receivers. Uh, We listened to this on the way home. Notre Dame 
handled them really well until late in the game. So uh, my takeaway on that is I was surprised they didn't score more points. Uh, but Notre Dame may be pretty tough. I don't like Notre Dame's offense. I think they're really going to struggle there. Do you think if Ohio State scores 21 a year ago on Notre Dame, they would have won? I don't know. I d- They may not have. So in a way, it's like, okay, why did the offense struggle? Maybe they, maybe Ohio State has a little issue here. It's the first game, so you don't have to panic. But for them to hold Notre Dame to 10, I thought that was a good right. step defensively. Well, especially as bad as they've been on defense. So, yeah. and, and Notre Dame had all, all summer to prepare. And uh, we'll just have to see. I don't – you know, we listened to this, and Notre Dame did nothing on offense second half. So – they could have problems offensively. We're, this will just we'll just have to play this out. I would if I was Notre Dame or Ohio State, I just go whew, got that one over with, man. We beat Notre Dame. Let's be happy and move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I thought they'd beat them by more, but again, a win is a any win over a top five team is a good win. I don't care. Now, here's the problem. I think uh, for everybody else uh, except for Alabama and Georgia, let's say. Georgia 49, Oregon 3. They trounced them. They yeah. killed them. It was never a game. It was nope. never close. I got on my phone and it was 28-3 to 3 the first time I checked on this game. Right. I, I mean, this is unbelievable. They, yeah. they didn't look like they missed a beat. And they lost a lot of guys. And they just killed this team. Yeah. Uh, boy, I don't know what to make of it. You know, uh, this is... Number one on the principals list of eye openers is Georgia. They're number they're they're right back where they were, evidently. You know, to lose all those guys on defense and, and they lost some offensive players too, and to come back and just kill the number eleven team in the country, an Oregon team that went into Columbus last year. I know that was last year, but they still got players back and it just absolutely stomped them. So Georgia's number one on the principal's honor roll and Oregon's number one on the failing list after the first week. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's saying, um, well, the Big Ten or uh, Pac-12 took a big hit this weekend, uh, and it's because their two top teams got beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way Oregon can come back from this. There's no way. They can run and win the rest of their games. They're just uh, – you can't get in the playoffs and get beat 49-3, I don't think. No. But if you get beat 49-3, you're not going to make the playoffs probably. So no. they may not be very good. We'll just have to see. They might not be, and Jason makes that point. It's like maybe Oregon isn't very good. The one thing about it, you know, Georgia did have a lot of offensive guys back. So you put up 49, it's like, okay. But, again, like we, I've talked a lot last week, you know, when we were coming up to the game and we've talked a lot about, well, there was some inexperience in spots and that's why other teams may have had success. Georgia had a ton of inexperience on defense. Yeah. Oregon, they don't have a terrible offense. Yes, I know Bo Nix isn't great, but he's not awful. He's played a lot of games. You would think they could have got in the end zone once. Good. Yeah. So this was ultra impressive. and It was. Just to – I've seen over the, you know, OU has not been just super the last eight or nine years. Let's, let's you know, let's be honest about it. But uh, back in the early 2000s when they were really good, 
they uh, they came off 2004 and had lost a ton of players, and everybody just thought, well, the it just keep going. 2005 was just one of those years when they weren't very good because they had lost so much talent, and that's what they had to think about Georgia. But wow, so this is impressive. It, it just didn't matter. No, it just did not matter. So super impressive there. Uh, we'll move on. Texas A&M beat Sam Houston. It was 31 to nothing. I wouldn't take much out of this game. It got delayed because of weather uh, a couple of times. You know, I, they just tried to get this game over with, I think, more than anything. So we'll find out more about them later. I wouldn't take anything into the stats yeah. or the score or anything. Just a weird thing. Yeah. Here's one that surprised me. I really thought Utah would go to Florida and win this game. Um, not easily, but I thought they would win it. I thought they would cover. As a matter of fact, they don't win or cover, obviously. Florida beats them 29 to 26. What's the takeaway here? Well, I, I just think Florida's what a coaching job this guy's done. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I picked Florida on the money line. Yep. Because, again, I've talked about it before. Let's think how many teams in the country would be favored going into Florida? Seriously, not very many, even with them not real good. Yeah. Florida and the swamp, it's hard to go in there and win. And I just don't think Utah's got the pedigree to do that. I just don't use horse racing terms. I just don't think they do. You give USC that kind of talent, I think they could go do it. The point I'm trying to make, they're not the type of school that goes in and wins those kind of games. And I think they'll bounce back and they'll be fine. Now, the takeaway I've got here is how good's Florida? Mm -hmm. They must be pretty good because we know they have talent and we know they had a breakdown last year. Mullen went crazy on them and, and he lost the team. Uh, late in the season, they had a quarterback develop and he must have played very well. I didn't, we didn't get to see any of this game. And, uh, you know, I've got Florida as my number four on the principal's honor roll. They might even be higher. I could see them at three. When you hear my three, you're going to laugh out loud. But um, I really think they might be better than we think, you know. They were so bad at quarterback early in the year last year, but they got a little, he got a little better. So that's a huge win. Uh, I didn't put Utah on the failing list because I kind of anticipated them losing this game. I think they'll bounce back and be fine. Well, you talk about big games coming up and how good is Florida. We might find out a little bit more about them as Kentucky goes to the Swamp this week. And uh, obviously a really good team. And Well, I think a good team. I'm not going to call them really good yet uh, with Kentucky. Florida, you what better you not celebrate too much. That's another good team coming have in there. Have you looked at the line at all? I haven't looked. I yet. have not yet. No, that's a, that's well, a job I, for tomorrow. I, me too. I will be shocked if Kentucky is favored. Oh, I think Florida's probably three-and-a-half-point favorite. I might look that up uh, here as we talk uh, about this next one. I'll let you go on this one. Michigan, 51-7 uh, to seven win over Colorado State. I don't know. There's probably not a lot to talk about, actually, on that one. No, there's not, but at the same time, that's a very good job by Michigan coming off the great year last year to come out of the gate and throttle somebody like they did. So I think that's a good sign. They're, they're going to be pretty good. Yep, yep. Colorado State, not a great team, but they're not just absolutely helpless. And so to Michigan to beat them 51-7, to 
looks good. A team that is ha- absolutely helpless, I would assume, is the Albany Great Danes. They went to Baylor. He got beat 69 to 10. We were chuckling to ourselves driving home. It's like, really? Albany went all the way down to Waco, Texas. And- yeah, that's an odd situation. And, you know, I understand Baylor doing it. And they may not have been able to find anybody to play, but that game does you nothing. Does you no good whatsoever down the road if you're Baylor. Right. You know, they needed to find somebody a little bit better than Albany, but maybe they couldn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Know. It was a. Uh- it was interesting for sure. Uh, minus four and a half, Jason says, uh, the Gators are. So that's something we'll definitely have to analyze next week. And there, well, I get this week, but a little bit later on, on uh, either Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know when we're going to do this thing, but uh, we'll we'll analyze that one for sure. So, uh, and it, already Mackey says he's taking Florida to cover. Uh, historically, Florida beats Kentucky. Kentucky did get the job done um, last year. So we'll see. Kentucky. Um, I- usually plays them close in Lexington, not in Gainesville. Yeah. So we'll see. That's a, it's a, that's been close no matter where it's at lately. Lately it has. Yes. So we'll see what, what happens there with Florida and Kentucky. Uh, That'll be a good. good Kentucky goes there and wins. It tells you that the pack is pretty bad Mm -hmm. because Utah, if if, if Utah couldn't go in there and win and Kentucky can, that's not good. For the Pac-12. Well, you use the same comparison. Kentucky's a school that's just like Utah. They don't have that pedigree in football. Yeah. Basketball, that'd be a different story. Football, they don't. And, boy, that's what I look at a lot Some in these kind of games. Yep, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. All right, let's move on. North Carolina State and East Carolina, we talked about how North Carolina State could lose this game really easily. You, you did for sure. They <laughs> maybe not should have, but obviously could have 21 to 20 East Carolina misses an extra point and a field goal. Did they miss the extra point or did they go for two? They missed the extra point. Oh, I see it right here. Yeah. And they missed a field goal. I read about this game. They probably should have won. Um, But they didn't. We talked about it. If you're a North Carolina state fan or coach or player or whatever, any win would have been a good win. Does that still hold up? Do you still feel good about this if you're North Carolina State? I doubt if they feel good about it. Uh, they will if in seven weeks they're seven and zero. Oh. Yeah, then they'll forget all about it. And at the end of the season, so will everybody else. That's the thing. Right now, everybody's ragging on them, but if they reel off seven in a row, nobody's going to remember that game. So that's why it doesn't matter how you win early in the season. Just win the damn thing, and they did, and they didn't lose, and that's what's so important. So, yeah, I'm kind of I've lowered my expectations for them a little bit, even though I was kind of like you, I knew this would be a tough game for them. We were we were following this game uh, on our phones, and I kind of stopped paying attention. It was twenty one to seven because I thought, well, maybe North Carolina State's just a little or a little a little better than what we thought, or East Carolina's not very good. And the next time I looked, it was 21-14, and East Carolina was driving. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And so then, again, it was going on during our game and didn't get a chance to watch it. And then, you know, I didn't know exactly what happened until I read about it the next day. So If I was North Carolina State, I'd be more concerned with that goose egg in the second half. That is really, really surprising. I thought if North Carolina State would lose this game, it would be like 35-34. to But – 21 points, none in the second half. Really surprising. That That is uh, frightening a little bit. Yeah. 
another frightening thing for the Pac-12 with their two marquee teams losing. Uh, USC wins 66 to 14. Now they played Rice, so that's one big caveat there. And they also got three, count them, three pick sixes. Uh, so Rice sounds like they kind of imploded a little bit, but still a really good start to the Lincoln Riley era at USC. It is, and make no mistake about it, this is the Pac-12's marquee team. I don't care what anybody says. If they're good, they're the marquee team. So with Oregon looking like they're not very good, Utah struggling, it just makes his path even easier, it looks like. Now, he's got a toughie this week. We're going to find out a lot more. Stanford has a way of beating USC. They've done it a lot of times over the years. And they got to go up to uh, Palo Alto this weekend. That'll be a tough game. Yep, it's the first big test for for Lincoln Riley. Stanford was not a very good team last year. They haven't been very good the last couple of years. They will be better than Rice. It is a road environment, so uh, we'll see what happens. I think that's going to be a closer game. Interesting game. Yeah. Yep. So we will figure that one out uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. All right, Miami beats Bethune-Cookman. 70-13, 70-13, to 13. I guess uh, Bethune-Cookman doesn't have too good of a team this year. Miami okay. dominates there. Good start for Miami, but again, you, you know, it's Bethune-Cookman. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin 38, Illinois State 0. That's – it is what it is, right? Just yep. to no win. Wisconsin. No <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin-like win. I thought – listen, we have a lot of uh, family members uh, – well, we had family members at the game, and mm-hmm. I've got a lot of Arkansas friends, and they were all complaining to me. And I see the score in Arkansas 31, Cincinnati 24. So Arkansas wins. Arkansas Mm -hmm. covers. Mm -hmm. Arkansas opens up the season beating a playoff team from last year that's got a lot of guys back. Mm -hmm. Explain to me why Arkansas fans are upset. They're stupid. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) If they're upset, okay, (laughs) they have been in the toilet for quite a while. Okay, they had a little breakthrough last year. If their expectations are so damned high that a seven-point win off a playoff team from the year before is bad, their expectations are too high. Yeah, That is a great win. I've got it number two on the principal's honor roll. I mean, I thought they'd win. I was a little questionable about the cover, but I thought they would cover. Yeah, But this is a great win, Arkansas fans. You need to shut your mouth and celebrate this. Because from what I read, they could have easily lost since they made a lot of mistakes. But it doesn't matter. Again, if you want to be where you think you are, and Jason's right, they do have kind of an inflated ego. If you want to be where you you think you should be at the end of the year, you're not going to care what the score is on that Cincinnati game. You just want it. And that's that's all that matters. Felt so, like they lost this game when I, I you know, my my ridiculous. my uh, friend group text message I am that's in uh, Hot Springs area. They acted like they'd lost the game. Oh and my god! And I thought, I, what are you like? They're like, oh my god, Cincinnati dominated the game. You look at total yards, pretty much the same. They're even, aren't they? Pretty even. Yeah, and and they're not even talking about Arkansas turned the ball over like their own three yard line once and gave them a score. This is this is how Alabama people think, how right. people think. I hate to tell you, Arkansas people, you're not there. No. 
You're not there. Eight and four for you, that was great. And you had a great year, but there's a damn lot of difference between 12 and 0 and eight and four. I just thought this was a really good win. So I, I don't think that they should be upset at all. And, God, no. uh, a great win. Yeah. Who do we got this week? Uh, South this Carolina. Yes, South Carolina. Spencer Rattler comes into town this week. They uh, South Carolina got a, a so-so win. They did not look great, but they did win. Um, I'm sure their fans are were happy that they won the game. <laughs> so. Well, here's how Arkansas people might be thinking. They might be more happy to beat South Carolina because they're in the SEC, thirty-one to twenty-four, than they will would to beat. Maybe they just didn't respect Cincinnati because they're well, not. I think that's a lot of it. I I don't think people still uh, respect Cincinnati, and I think when they saw the quarterback was gone, yeah, um, they just thought, yeah, they're not very good. I I don't know. Like I I I talked to to my uncle, and uh, he was a he was a lot more happy with the win. Did he go to the game? Yeah, I believe no. so. Um, he was a lot more happy with Aaron. Hmm? Kevin's realistic. Right. He, he said, look, that they have problems, but that's a pretty good team they beat. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No and kidding. A pretty good yeah, team. Week one, everybody's got problems except Alabama and Georgia. So. Absolutely. That's a great win for the Hogs. A I thought it was a great win. Yes. It, everything, our defense is terrible. It's like, well, I mean. Well, the other thing is, you got to ask yourself too: Would you have been surprised if Cincinnati had won? No, no. I thought it was. I thought Arkansas would win. I thought they would cover, but I also said it it could go the other way, and you're not going to be surprised. It's a great win. You better celebrate it, boys. That's a good one. Good win in South Carolina coming up, and that would be a good win if you beat them this week. Absolutely, everyone's a good win. What do you mean? Especially at their schedule, they don't have an easy game all year, hardly. So. Um, they celebrate it, yes. Uh, all right, Miami, Ohio, and Kentucky. We talked about Kentucky. They're going to go uh, to Florida, and it's going to be a huge game for the, both of those teams. But uh, this week, Kentucky gets it done, 37-13. Um, you know, workmanlike win there for them. Uh, and I thought the quarterback, Levis, was good again. You know, he, he yeah. had some good stats in this one. Ole Miss, the stats weren't great in this one. They do not cover. They do win 28-10 to over Troy. Um yeah, they're the only SEC team before LSU last night that did not cover this week. Uh, I didn't watch this. I mean, obviously, I I don't think there was a replay on yesterday, so I was able to watch it. Were you surprised that the, the offensive stats didn't look so good for Ole Miss? A little bit, yes. Um, not really surprised in the spread of the, of the game much. They lost a lot of players. I mean, that quarterback's pretty good that they lost. So they may struggle a little bit offensively. Um, not a real impressive showing, though. No, no, I agree. All right, Houston and uh, Texas San Antonio. Uh, I have not been able to find a replay of this. I've read about it. I've watched highlights. This was a hell of a game. In three overtimes, Houston wins 37-35. to 35. A massive win for the Cougars. We massive. talked about how their, their schedule is tough to start here, and if they can win. They're going to be tough. What what was the takeaway uh, from this game for you? Well, the same as the Arkansas thing. If I was a Houston and North Carolina State, if I was a Houston fan, I'd just go, Whew, we got out of here with a win, and that's all you want. Didn't see any of it either. I kind of thought they would handle them easier than that. So either San Antonio is just as good as they were last year or Houston may not be as good as I think they are. Still, that is a huge win for them. You know Texas-San Antonio was ready. For that game, uh, 
that that was a good one. And, and now they got to go to Tech uh, this week. Houston does, and again, Tech's a notch below what they what they used to be. That's still not going to be an easy game for Houston this no. week in Lubbock. That'll be a no. tough. One. They get through that one and uh, watch out for them. Yep. And they this is a huge win. They looked like they were in some trouble for a long time. They kind of made a comeback, a furious comeback, I should say, in the fourth quarter. Able to get the job done. That's a big win for them. See if yeah. they build off it. And then finally, uh, last top 25 team of Saturday, BYU 50, South Florida 21. South Florida's not very good. I understand that. But th- I think this BYU team is going to be a tough, tough out no matter who they play. Very impressive win. Look at that score at the half, 38 to 7. Yep. They were only 12-point favorites. I'm kicking myself for not making that a best bet. Uh, it was, but I didn't make it my best bet. Mm-hmm. That was another one we're going to talk about here in a minute, or I am. And, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes teams struggle. First game on the road, way down in Florida. You know, I know South Florida's not very good. I thought they'd struggle a little bit, but obviously they came out of the gate and they whipped them 28 nothing after one quarter. They're going to be tough, and they got the Baylor Bears this week Never. that's gonna be that to me that's the best game of the week it's gonna be a good one that'll be a night game probably so yeah yeah that uh there's you know we said last week uh sometimes the first week we have a lot of good games second week we don't have as many mm-hmm. Ace this year there's some there's some really good games all right let's talk about a couple of your other because that's the top 25 well i'll tell you what let's talk clemson georgia tech tonight real quick uh and then we'll go on i do want to talk about what kevin O's brought up there uh spencer petrus from iowa uh we got to talk about the game but anyway georgia uh excuse me clemson georgia tech tonight in atlanta clemson now a 24 point favorite if you remember last year clemson had a lot of trouble scoring especially early in the year got a little better later in the year Last year, when you saw 24 points and Clemson was favored, you'd take the other team just yeah. because of those scoring problems, and you'd be right. Yeah. This year, are they going to be better offensively? Is Georgia Tech any good at all? Yeah. What's your take on this one? I think that's the key. Is Georgia Tech any good? I've got them rated about as low as anybody uh, from major conferences. I don't see them winning more than two or three. So that's why I think that line's 24 more than anything else is – Vegas doesn't take text very good. Uh, okay, so let's look at 24. Let's look at some scores here. 31-7, And you cover. Well, do you think that score is going to be in that range? That's kind of what you got to think. Uh, the key is, does Tech have any offense? I don't know. You know, can they score 21 on Clemson? Can they score 17 on Clemson? I, I don't know. But but we don't know about Clemson's offense either. Uh, if I was going to do anything, I might take the over-under, but I also can see Clemson getting some interceptions, you know, some defensive touchdowns out of it. I don't know if I'd take – I don't think I'd bet this game. Though. 24 is a lot of points, don't you think? I, I hate this game as far as betting it as well. Yeah. I I kind of lean, Jason. I think the under makes the most sense. Kind of agree with Papa Dude. As long as there's not anything stupid like Georgia Tech gives them a bunch of points, I think it will go under. Um, but I, I don't have a really good feel for Clemson. Uh, and I, Georgia Tech, I don't know anything hardly about as far as what they're going to be. I know, I know 
what they have coming back and what they got in the transfer portal, but I don't know how they're going to be. No, I don't either. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a tough game uh, to kind of judge on the betting <laughs> part of it here. Uh, I think this is a key. If the quarterback struggles again this year, they're going to have another guy, and they're just going to yeah. throw him in there. They didn't yeah. have another anybody else last year. I think Dabble thinks he owes it to DJ to already, you know, I think he thinks he owes it to him. So, yeah, I think that's why he's got the starting nod. Um, the other thing about Clemson, they have two new coordinators. And yeah. they don't have one, they have two. I don't know if that makes any difference. All the indications I've heard is these guys are highly thought of. I think he hired off the staff, I believe, uh, for both positions. So that might make a little bit of a difference in this game. Uh, I think 24 is about right if Clemson's any good. So it's it's yeah. going to be right at that number. I think if you're playing this game tonight, you're you're not going to feel real comfortable with anything until it's over. I think it's I think all the numbers are going to be get close. And I think most of us have Clemson ranked highly simply because they're in the ACC and their schedule's not real strong. Yeah. So um I don't think they're the number four team in the country. I really Last year, this game was 14 to eight. Yeah, that was like second game of the year, too, I believe. Yeah, second or third. People yeah. forget just how bad Clemson was oh, at the were. beginning of that year. They uh, were. Offensively. 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 Yeah. Um, all right. There were, you, did, you haven't mentioned a few of your detention or okay. what, uh, honor roll. So where, where do you want to go with the, well, the remaining ones? Well, let's with our biggest disappointments. Okay. Uh, our uh, our uh, failing list. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have a tie for fifth. Okay. Tie for fifth between and I'm Dennis must be too embarrassed to be on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> He's always on, and and it's Louisville Cardinals who he was semi ready on. You know, he thought he was they were going to be a little better. Went to Syracuse. A powerful unit, the Ricky Pasternak Syracuse Orange, yep. and lost 31 to 7. I think that's got to be one of the biggest disappointments of the of the week. You yeah. know, even though Louisville's not ranked or highly thought of, I think most people thought they would beat Syracuse. So I got a feeling the Louisville coach is in a little bit of hot water. Uh, did he is he there? He just got on right as you started talking about Louisville. We went 40 minutes without bringing him up. Oh, I, 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 I know Dennis is 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 stronger in the mind than to to ignore us tonight because of that game. I just know he's he's, you know he he can take the heat, and that's a tough loss, Dennis. I would be. <laughs> are they on the coach in Louisville? I'm sure they are. Yeah. The other one uh, might deserve to be ranked a little higher. But it was my uh, best bet of the week, and that was San Diego State and that horrible effort they put up against uh, Arizona. Yeah, losing thirty-eight to twenty. Now, this is where you're going to argue, but well, we'll get to it in a minute. Anyway, I'm not terribly shocked they lost, but they gave up thirty-eight points to Arizona. Yeah. San Diego State has traditionally got a very good defense. Yep. I was shocked, weren't you? I was, it was a horrible really effort. Yeah, I was shocked at this game. Mm -hmm. All right, my number four disappointment 
LSU last night and and the way they looked against uh, Florida State. Uh, I thought they'd win that game. I thought it would be semi-close, but I thought 10 points they'd win, you know, 27-17, 34-24, something like that. And should have got beat a lot worse than this. When you look at the score, you say, well, they only lost by one to Florida State. If you didn't see the game, you would think, oh, well, why has he got that ranked as number four? It could have easily been 38-17. to Yeah. They looked awful. Uh, I am confident Brian Kelly will get some things worked out. I don't know how good they're going to be this year, though. So that was my number four on the failing list. Uh, number three, probably, maybe be, maybe should be number one, but Oregon is number one. We already talked about them. Yeah. Iowa. We have to mention Iowa. <laughs> okay, Iowa's playing South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, a very good uh, – FCS program, which yeah. usually won AA. They're in the playoffs every year. They probably could win the national championship if there wasn't North Dakota State. They are solid. The fact that the game was close is not a big surprise because Iowa doesn't beat anybody very bad, especially first games. But when you look at how they won, this is pathetic. <laughs> Look at the offensive production. All right. This is awful. <laughs> We're talking about a Division One team going up against FCS. I don't care who it is. They got 168 total yards of offense. Yes. The other team got 120. Yeah. This set college football back. This is a game from back in the 1920s. I don't think I. We were following it. This is real. When we left the car, it was three to three. Yes. And we got to this almost to the stadium, and I looked. I checked the score again, and I said, "I'm going to give you ten guesses for the (laughs) score." And I don't think you can get them in ten guesses what the score is because the score was five to three. No, it's it was incredible. I mean. They got two safeties. <laughs> they get seven points. I of course they you, win. If, so. you, if, if you had told that South Dakota State coaching staff that you're going to hold Iowa to 166 yards of total offense, they would say, we're going to beat a team that played in the Big Ten championship game last year. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Petrus, who is awful. Oh, he is. 11 of 25, 109 yards, and an interception. Well, first of all, you got to ask yourself, why did they only throw 25 times? Look at that, though. They only ran, what, 61 plays? Yeah. And the other team only ran 57. How can that be? I guess they ran the clock. Because both of them held the ball. I mean, <laughs> This is these. I this first. I never. I hadn't looked at the stats. This is unbelievable. The longest play from scrimmage for South Dakota State was twelve yard, or the longest run was right. twelve. And Iowa had one for eleven. Looks and like that's the, the only guy got twenty yards for South Dakota State. <laughs> the longest play was twenty-seven for Iowa. I don't know, but oh, hold on. The longest run from Iowa was 11 yards. 
Well, that's the same guy that had the uh, longest pass reception, too. So that must be a receiver. Yeah, probably a reverse. A reverse, yeah. <laughs> well, we saw Iowa a lot last year. They won games they shouldn't have. Saw the quarterback and thought, well, they'll try to get somebody different. And I don't want to pick on the guy, but you're he's not he's not very good, obviously. <laughs> This is a, this un, unreal. It's just <laughs> oh, Kevin says an Iowa receiver. I don't I don't blame an Iris an Iowa receiver for transferring. <laughs> That's for sure. But it, it, incredible stuff. It is. This is just the weirdest game ever for this time for this time period. You know, yeah. college football's crazy. The team we saw Texas El Paso, which isn't very good, they moved the ball. I mean, they had some semblance of an offense. Their quarterback was decent, you know. It's all, it's it's almost incredible statistics. Really, well, that was just it. UTEP is not a good football team whatsoever. But like you said, and we were talking about it walking out of the stadium. I said, no matter who you play <laughs> nowadays, they have a semblance of an offense. Now maybe they turn it over and they don't score, or they make some dumb mistakes. But guys are usually open. Yeah, they usually can move the ball on you some. Not, I mean, this Iowa thing is just like incredible. I was listening to a, a radio station in Oklahoma today on the internet, and this guy's an Iowa fan that was on the. He was on with uh, Chris Blank today, uh-huh. and he, he said, I, "I." He was listening to it on a, a feed from somewhere, and he said, I, "It was just the boringest game ever." He said, "It was just awful." I can't remember how many punts. They were like 21 punts, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about Iowa plays Iowa State this weekend, which I, who knows? Look, the over under here is 41 and a half. Listen, if Iowa State doesn't beat them this year, they're never going to be, but I wouldn't bet a nickel on them to beat Iowa. How about this? Lord chimes in and says he watched The Sting on Netflix last night. Thank I'm you. you. Great movie. Listen. I can rate movies, I'm telling you. Lord, I really appreciate that. You know, these guys made fun of me so much. Uh, no, 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 no. I did not make fun of you for the sake. No, That's no, a good movie. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what's going on, go back to, to what day was that? Sunday when uh, the dudes who bet. Thank you, Sunday, yeah. And we had a movie uh, who our favorite movies are, and that was one of mine. But anyway, back to this. That That's just an incredible game. Uh, that, I'm hearing everybody wants to fire the head coach at Iowa. He's been there 23 years <laughs> and has won more games at Iowa. When you you just have to stop and think about where Iowa is, okay? Ames, Iowa is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, where are you going to go get players at? Where are you going to go get them? You're miles away from Texas. Ain't nobody from Texas going to go to Iowa and play. You're miles away from Florida. You're miles away from California. Where are you going to recruit? Yeah. And for him to sit there and win as many games as he has is just incredible. Over Somehow the year. they win. They do, and he's one of the best coaches there is. They're fundamentally sound. But they, you're, you can't win with this kind of offense. You just, I wouldn't think. <laughs> so that's number three, and they could have easily been number one. The other big disappointment has to be Virginia Tech. Uh, brand new coach fired the other guy. Go in and play that tremendous old Dominion team, and get beat twenty to seventeen in the home opener. Yeah. Uh, 
that's not a very impressive uh, performance. So they're number two on the failing list. And then Oregon has to be number one yeah. on the failing list. Quickly to the eye-opening games. I have a three-way tie for fifth. Uh, I thought the Oregon State win over Boise State is very impressive. Good win. Yeah. Uh, are they the best team in Oregon? Man, it's been a while since we could say that, but after week one they are. And here's the other thing. Is Boise State finally dropping? Mm-hmm. Oh, they've had a bunch of great coaches up there, and they've been really good for a long time. I don't know how. Again, that's a place. Where do you get your players? Yeah. You know, there's no, there's only about 500 people in Idaho anyway. <laughs> and they getting their players from Idaho. So – that's quite a, uh, an impressive run they've had. But Oregon State thumped them 34-17. Uh, that's a good win. They were up 24 nothing at the half. It's a very good win. Yeah. Uh, they beat them very easily. I don't love the Beavers either. But, <laughs> uh, uh, and then tied with that was the Florida State win. That maybe could be ranked a little higher. Are the Seminoles back? I don't think so yet. But you know what? They throw a monkey wrench into the ACC. If they're decent, they're going to win some games because they're going to think they're going to win. And going into Tallahassee is not easy. So they could upset some people if they're decent. Mm-hmm. And then I have Penn State in that fifth uh, fifth place spot also for their good win over Purdue. I have a Florida at number four with their win over Utah. The number three one is the Arizona win over South Dakota State. I know it doesn't mean a damn thing, but that's eye-opening to me. That Arizona, which bottom 10 last year, just a horrible team, won one game, goes in to San Diego and wins 38-20, to 20, and it was convincing. Uh, that's a good coaching job going on there. What? Where have they done this? You know, They're going to be interesting to watch and see if they can win four or five. That would be great. Uh, the Arkansas game is number two. And I, I, I still, Arkansas fans, you better love this one. That was a great win. And Georgia, of course, obviously is number one. Yep. All right. Well, there it is. There's the list. There's the recap of week one of college football. It was a lot of fun. And like you said, we've got some great games coming up. And we will go, go through them all. Uh, I still haven't decided on a Wednesday or Thursday night. I I think Blinkers Off might be moved uh, permanently to Thursday afternoon now. Uh, with with Jared's uh, boy in uh, school now, it kind of shifts his schedule a bit. We might do it on the afternoon. So if that happens, then we'll do the our show on Thursday night. But of course, if Blinkers Off is Thursday night, we'll do our show on Wednesday night. So. Uh, still trying to knock that down, but we will be here one or the other, and we'll go over all the games coming up for week two. And also the NFL is back, uh, and so we'll go over those as well. That's right. I haven't even looked at that yet. Yeah, you better start studying up right now. Tomorrow. That's no. tomorrow. I, if we do the show on Thursday, that does give me an extra day. Okay. Well, maybe By we'll do it on Thursday because we need your best, Papa Dude. We need your best. <laughs> By the way, the uh, Thursday night game, I can't remember what the game is now, but I think it is a doozy. It's a great game. Uh, yeah, I believe it's yeah. Buffalo and uh, the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. in, in L.A., obviously. Yeah, that's going to be something. Let me pull up, make sure that's what it is. Yep, at Buffalo and the Rams. And get this, the defending Super Bowl champions, they will be underdogs as of right now. Buffalo, minus two and a half right now. Now, did I hear Stafford's hurt? 
Matt, uh, I did not hear that. No, I don't well, know. I get this kind of crap on my phone sometimes, and I don't. It's a headline, and then when you read the article, it doesn't. It said, uh, came across there today, the uh, Rams received some devastating news on Matthew Stafford. And then you get in there, and if you actually read it, he has a cold or something. So See, I don't think Papa Dude understands what clickbait is. Um, oh, I guess I don't. I don't. I never heard of it before. He does have an elbow issue. Okay, elbow. Um, All right. Let me see what they've got him listed as here. He is not. He's not questionable. So he'll play. He'll play. Yeah. He's tough. Um. Everybody else on the on the team has talked about flight line. We haven't really gotten your thoughts. We'll talk about him here for a second. What, well, what were your thoughts on uh, flight line? Well, what what else could I say? I mean, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. We we you you had it on. We were driving home, and from OU, and you had it on your phone, and and showed me as he came down the, to the finish line. I, and I've watched a million races. You've watched a trillion. I've watched a million. I've never seen a horse that far behind. The second place horse that far behind. Yeah. You know, you, you sit there and it was a replay of it. And he crosses the finish line and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And finally, here comes the second place horse. Yeah. It was incredible. Uh, just a tremendous performance. Uh, I think Jared yesterday said the best thing I've heard. Bob Baffert's horse finished second, and the horse was so far behind, he couldn't see the uh, the winner, and he actually thought he won. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not ready to, to give the Breeders' Cup Classic to flight line like everybody else. As you pointed out, he does have some injury issues or has in the past. You know he's fragile. He could he could come up with an injury. Obviously, if he runs like he ran yesterday, uh, he should win. But there's some damn good horses he's gonna be running against, and we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it yeah. was it was something to see. That's for sure. It was it was a spectacle. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it's it's something you know. You're not going to see that very often. No, and and the announcer who's seen a million races. Yeah, to, uh, go back and listen to his call again, especially down the stretch. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he couldn't. You could tell he's sitting there going, "What? What am I seeing?" Right. Yeah. He, I I was that was fascinating to me to listen to him because you know he called a lot of Zenyatta's, uh races, so I know his voice very well. Yeah, yes, he says he reminded me a lot of Secretariat at Belmont, and you you, you do get that flashback, and and you know you really want to make the old people angry on Twitter. Just say that, and and boy, they get mad. But you know, is bottom line is for huh? Is Jesse that old? No, 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 no. I'm not saying Jesse. I'm saying say that, and the older people on Twitter will jump all over you. Um, it, listen. Every era has oh, yeah. horses, and this is this is our our chance to to say something like that. This well, sure. And he won by twenty links, almost nineteen and three quarters, and yeah, it was amazing. It was it did remind you of that? It absolutely did. He kept going faster, and the rest of them just could not even make up any ground, and it was it was incredible. Well, you know, everybody, and rightly so, everybody wants to call Secretary the greatest horse ever. Yeah. There's no way to make that statement, really. I mean, it's apples and oranges with some of these others. You know what I mean? I mean, he was great. No, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying he's not the greatest horse ever. 
but another one might come along, you know, <laughs> and uh, until you actually see the horses run against each other, how can you say who's the greatest? <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of, I, I, every video we've done, I said, look, I'm not going to talk about pre-2007. I didn't, I don't know enough about what's happening. And I think in, in horse racing specifically, if you didn't live it, if you weren't around, if you didn't understand who they were beating and how good was that horse behind them and so on and so forth. And, you know, you can't really, yeah, you can watch replays and go, wow, but you don't, you just didn't, you weren't there. You don't really know what was yeah. happening. And I, I don't mean to be like an asshole, but I don't really trust anybody to tell me. Right. Cause I no. see other people's opinions on races are happening now. And it's like, yeah. I don't want that guy's opinion on anything, right? That, that may have been there in 1970 when it happened. So yeah, I know. I comment on it, and I'm not going to debate it. From it's 2007 to now, Flightline's the best horse I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that's what I can say. And and secretary, and like Selvain says, and he and then you can start making all these points, and they're valid as they can be. Yeah, Secretary had three races in seven weeks. Flightline runs every three four months. You want sure. to put that into consideration. You go back to the old horses, that's what they did. Yeah. And these horses today don't. But that's like saying a great pitcher today isn't as good as a great pitcher back in the 60s that pitched nine innings every game. Yeah. So it's apples and oranges, and it is hard to, to compare them. Uh, but what Secretariat did was unbelievable, no doubt yeah. about it. No, but, yeah, and I listen. He probably was better, but yeah, I, I, I don't even care to debate it because I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there, you know. I didn't know. I didn't have my 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 mind wasn't on the pulse of what was happening. Yeah, like that, no matter how much you read in the history books, it's still written by someone who had an opinion on what yeah. was happening. And it's like, okay, it's like you know, Secretariat say he beat the Florida Derby winner, right? Yeah, it sounds like a big deal. Look at this year's Florida Derby winner. Like, not all Florida Derby winners are the same, right? Some right. years beating a Florida Derby winner would mean a hell, hell of a lot. This year, it doesn't mean dick, right? Like, it's just debatable who's the best, especially in horse racing. To me, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. there's been so many champions yeah. in horse racing. Yeah. So. Dennis is kind of chiming in. This is my era of racing, so I can definitely comment on these. And yeah, I mean, the only two performances in, in Dennis's mind, Rachel Alexander in the Oaks, and that that was incredible. Yeah. And Arrogant in Dubai obviously was incredible. Well, the key is he's saying performances. Yeah, exactly. It's different than saying they're the greatest horse of all time. You know? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and he's right. I mean, those were fantastic. You know, you can't, you still can't take anything away from those two, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, but the greatest race I ever saw, and Mike Somich said the same thing the other day before this one. Now, we're mm -hmm. talking about a race, we're not talking about margin of victory or anything like that. The greatest single horse race, you know what I'm going to say, mm -hmm. that I ever saw was Zenyatta winning the Breeders' Club Cup Classic mm -hmm. from the position she was in. Yeah. That's the greatest. That's the greatest single race I ever saw. And if you haven't ever seen it, YouTube it. How that horse won, I'll never know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had a uh, YouTube commenter say, "Now, greatest greatest race you've ever saw? No way." And I was like, "Okay, let me know what the greatest race I ever saw was. Let me know, right? 
That's mm-hmm. like like you can't argue. That's that's my opinion. How can it you is. know my opinion better than myself? Right. <laughs> so now part of it's because I love the horse. Yeah. But to come from where she was, she was dead last in the Breeders' Cup Classic against males. Yep. And had all kinds of travel problems. Dipped in, dipped out, dipped in, came all the way around them. Yeah. And won. No, I, I, it has to be one of the top ones ever. Yeah. yeah. For, for, well, I say ever as in 2007 on again, I don't, I don't, yeah. anything else I don't agree or I don't worry about, uh, cause I, I wasn't there, but, uh, or, or into it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be right up there. Yeah. And, and Mike, Smith, Mike Smith should have retired after that. I mean, you know, whatever you think about Mike Smith now, he knew how to ride that horse. Well, at that time, Mike Smith was, there was nobody better. Right. Yeah. You go back and watch all of Zenyatta's races. How many, and once we became a big fan. Yeah. Almost every race I thought, oh God, today's the day. She's not going to win. Yeah. And all of a sudden. My God, it looked like a tornado going across there. It was just, yeah, very few times that she went easy. Well, I, I certainly Zenyatta and uh, Curlin, obviously, and I would I would throw Rachel in there. That kind of got racing dudes, oh, two no dudes at least, into racing enough to try to do something with it, right? Well, Curlin started it. Yeah, Curlin, Zenyatta, Rachel driving that fuel of, wow, this is really awesome. Without those horses, we probably wouldn't be here. But at the same time, you know, I think my job uh, to, to people is to kind of, sure, I would love to protect the legacy of Curlin and Zenyatta. And, and no matter what I see, say, there's no way they're better than this horse. But it's just, it's not the way to look at it. You got to be honest. You got to look at this thing fully. Yeah. And I continue to evolve my opinion on who's the best horse I've seen with the most right. talent. And, well, line, right? you know, here's the deal. I was a huge Curlin fan, mm-hmm. but never have I thought Curlin was the best horse of all time because Curlin lost too many races. Yeah, yeah. He was a great one, though. I mean, come on. Yeah. But he lost too many times. A great I, horse doesn't lose very often. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've used Zenyatta to be better than Curlin. Um, I. I don't know peak Rachel Alexandra when she was just she might a have. monster. I don't know that Curlin would have beaten her. But can't you? I've always said this. I'll go ahead and I'll go this. Zenyatta's the best female horse ever, and no one's ever going to convince me any different. Well, since I've started following it, I would agree she's the best female, and Rachel and is a very I, close second. And the way I, reason I can't put Rachel in there, Rachel. Didn't want to race after a certain time. Well, Rachel lost her form and Zenyatta never did. Never did. Um, Which is rare in females. But Rachel also had a, a season that is unmatched by almost anybody, male or female. I'll give you that, but she didn't stand the test of time. And that means something. Yeah. To- yeah. I, I, Rachel and Zenyatta are like a peer. And then. Your songbird beholder uh, group, and I'm probably leaving a few out. They're kind of that next tier, right? That's how I look at the Philly side of it. Right. But when you think about it, after the second race of Zanata's career, she never ran anything but his stakes. Yeah. How many horses can say they can go 19 times and never lose the stakes race? 
Yeah. Well, 17. First two was a maiden and an allowance. Pretty crazy. You say that. Yeah. There ain't very many. And the only race she ever lost, she almost won that one. I guarantee you, had she won that again, she would have went down as the greatest horse ever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Monomoy Girls, another one Mackie and Dennis brought up. Definitely in that tier with Beholder, Songbird, Monomoy. I think they're all right right there. Mm-hmm. Not saying they on their perfect day they couldn't have beat a Rachel or Zanata. In the grand scheme of things, overall talent, I think they're just, just below. Rachel, Zanata, and then just below is Beholder and, and, and Songbird and Monomoy. Uh, even a horse like a Blind Luck. She might be just below Beholder in that group. And, yeah. and uh, Hobbit of Grace. Is another one just yeah, below, and then Ness is kind of sitting just below them with a well, chance to get up to that level. We can see the other thing is too uh, with Zenyatta, she didn't run anywhere but California, and I think that hurt her. She didn't run very yep. often anywhere else. So yeah, I, Sylvain brings that up. Poly track, uh, most of the, her career was on the poly track. Yeah, and that's you know that is, that is definitely going to be a knock always against her without any doubt. Yeah. So, <laughs> but listen, that's, that's how I see it. I'm not going to call you an idiot or dumb or full of shit. If you've got no. a different opinion than me, that's the difference between me and the YouTube comment. Well, not I mean, you people on this stream now, but absolutely not. afterwards. But you know, you can do that with any sport. Who is the greatest football player? Who is the greatest golfer? Who is the greatest yeah. basketball player? You know, it's universal pretty much that most people say Jordan was the greatest. Mm-hmm. It's hard to argue. Really, yeah. the only the only uh, sport where it's well, it's really not because a lot of people say Gordy Howe is the greatest hockey player of all time and not Wayne Gretzky. So that's uh, no, come on. <laughs> well, a lot of, some people do. Some I people do. I, I think universally Wayne Gretzky is is the answer for most people, but some people don't say that. So um, I would have given anything if Wayne Gretzky played now, and I could have watched him play. Like we get to watch hockey players now. Yeah. But he just wasn't on very often. And you don't even remember him, or very, just barely. You you don't remember him when he was in his prime. No, no. I remember him when he went to LA. I, I never watched him. No, you didn't see him in Edmonton. Yeah. Mm-mm. And uh, Sylvain, he's our hockey guy here. Every year, Gretzky or Lemieux, uh, maybe in Canada they do. They don't hear. But, uh, what do you think, Sylvain? Do you think Gretzky's the greatest ever? I would think uh, Lemieux was very, very good. I remember watching Lemieux, the Lemieux Yager years in Pittsburgh were fun. I do remember those teams, but I mean, I've always considered Gretzky to be better than Lemieux. I just look at the statistics, and no one's ever come close to him. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I just well, wish I could see any more. It was. It's definitely a, a good conversation, and it's fun to fun to kind of go back and forth with everybody's ideas. And you know, like if you believe Beholder was the best you've ever seen, again, that's that's fine. That's your thoughts. And, and right? you may have seen Beholder more than us too. Who knows? Well, and that could be too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's uh, Gretzky owns every record. Yeah, exactly. Why do they keep records? You know, that's why. So, yeah, um, they're running the generous portions at uh, Del Mar. So, I'll, I'll kind of sit down here for just a second. Samich picks the eight, the eight looks to be in good shape in third. Uh, I picked the six, the six is in second to last, but he is starting to make a, a little bit of a move here. So, we'll see who wins this thing. 
Looks like Samish's eight's in a real good spot. Just took the lead. The eight may gallop home under under like light urging. I think the eight's going to win by multiple links here unless uh, falls apart. So good win for Samich. Wish he would have picked that horse. His horse actually got scratched uh, for the show today. So get Forte to win too. In the he did get Forte at six to one. Yes, big yeah. big run from him. And look at this. The two is making move uncontrollable. Is making a huge move, but it's too little, too late. The eight wins at eight two. And a photo looked like the one or the five. Couldn't tell. Anyway, all right. So there's that. I just thought of something else, Aaron. Want Sylvain it say Sylvain if you're still on. I just thought of another movie. Okay. okay. A hockey movie. You know what I'm talking about? Mystery little, Alaska. Mystery Alaska. Yes, very little good. Known, little known movie. Yeah, that, that's a good that's, movie. That's um, one of favorites. If you like hockey, that's definitely a good movie. Sylvain, you ever seen that? Sure, Sylvain uh, seen it. Uh, my guess would be Sylvain has seen Mystery Alaska. But... Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that again. I seen it in years. It's been a while. I, I I made Heather watch it. She didn't like it. <laughs> that surprises me. She doesn't dislike. She doesn't dislike it. She's just like I don't I don't see why you like that one. Yeah. There you go, Russell Crowe. That's right. Crowe, Sylvain seen it. Good movie. What about no. the Mighty Ducks? Did you like it? Uh not so much. No, I didn't say I didn't like it. I not as much. He was, he was the star of that. That's why I didn't care for the coach. Okay. Well, Who was that? I can't think of his name. Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that's it. That's his name. Yeah. I thought the casting wasn't too good, but I didn't like Kurt Russell as uh, Brooks in uh, Miracle on Ice. Oh, good God. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just don't think he's a hockey coach. Uh, now, what's Brooks' first name? Can't think of it. Rich. No, it's not. Herb. Oh. Herb. Yeah. Uh, it would have been hard to play him. Uh, play. That would have been. Hard. Yeah, miracle. That's a great movie. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, mm -mm. great movie. I didn't like uh, Gene Hackman and Hoosiers either. All right, we got to go. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. I liked him. I didn't like the basketball scenes too, uh, too much. Oh my god! I didn't like. I didn't like how they portrayed him on the sidelines. Why? And him wanting to get kicked out on purpose and that kind of stuff. He wouldn't have been allowed to get away with that. Gene Hagman in Hoosiers was absolutely fantastic. It was a great I, performance I, by I, Gene Hagman. I misspoke. I misspoke. He was good. I misspoke. And what I didn't like about Hoosiers was I thought it was a little far-fetched that a school would let a coach act like that on the sidelines. Maybe they would have back in the 50s. I don't know. They, would, they wouldn't now. He had anger problems. That was the point of the movie. Oh, I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. I didn't care for that part. I loved all, There's so many things in that movie that I liked. And so I did misspoke. He was great as a teacher. He was great uh, with, uh, uh, what was the guy's name? The drunk. Oh, uh, God, what was his name? Uh 
Shooter, 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 shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, no, what's his name that plays him? He's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you really think Kurt Russell did a bad job playing Irv? Oh, no, I did not say that. I didn't like him in it. He. Why? I. The stereotype I have of Kurt Russell is not a hockey coach. I thought he was fantastic in that movie. No, I didn't. <laughs> you need to rewatch it. Well, I love the movie. I didn't say he did a bad job. Oh my god! We need to do a movie podcast just for him to sit here and say things, and me to be like, "What?" <laughs> I'm picky about movies. What were your thoughts on Samich not liking Forrest Gump? Because I have a, I have somebody else that didn't like it. I can see why some people wouldn't. Uh, it's very far-fetched. I have to admit, the first time I saw some... I didn't ever see it all at the same time. But just kind of got in on... I didn't go to the theater to see it. Thank God I couldn't have sat there that long. But uh, I could see it. It's kind of funky. You know, him going to Alabama and running down the field and out the... You know, to the, whatever, through the tunnel. It's kind of stupid. Some of it is. See, I he was amazing in, as Herb Brooks. I thought he did fantastic. No, no, no. You don't. Maybe you don't know Kurt Russell like I do. I do not. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Heather. Heather uh, did not like uh, Forrest Gump. I I lied. I love the movie. I do. And and the more I watch it, the better I like it. The yeah. first time I thought it was kind of hokey. Uh, but no, I like See, it. I agree with Kevin. It, it is quintessential Samich. Like when he said that, I thought, I, of course you don't. Like, yeah, he, he's got a different take. Well, don't kind of be have to be a little bit southern to like it. Maybe that's what it is because Heather's like, I don't get it, and I don't really like it. And it's Heather doesn't stupid. like Andy Griffith. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. But no, she was like, yeah, it's it's kind of just a dumb movie to me. I don't. I didn't care for it. Yeah, I, I I can see how somebody wouldn't like it. Yeah, well, great moments are born from great opportunity, Mackie Man 13. No see, doubt. Jason, he struggled with it. Well, Jason, you're you're uh you're from the North Country. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a southern thing. What is this? I love the Express movie. What is he talking about? I don't know. What is what do you mean? I don't know what that is, Sylvain. Express. Uh I go to the theater maybe two times every 10 years. I don't know. I'm just never was really a movie. If you don't like, if you don't like, if you don't appreciate performances like Kurt Russell being Herb Brooks, and I don't know how you like Poofy Santa movie. He did a bad job. I just didn't see him as a hockey coach. That's why it was so good. <laughs> okay. Jason, Andy Griffith, he loves it. Movie about Syracuse football player. Oh, that's a good one. Is it The Express? That's what Sylvain's. What's it I called? That, yeah, it is. It what's is it called something Express. I think. Is it called The Express? It may be. Is that Ernie Davis? I think he died. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen that. That was pretty. It was pretty good. Huh. 
I'm Dennis just, has never watched Miracle. Oh, Jesus. no. We got to go. We got to go. I can't take it. I cannot take this any longer. I'm telling you, we need to just have a show where we just throw out shit from the top of it to the and we'll have more people. Oh. You're from Michigan and Forrest Gump is an all-timer. Yeah, I don't under, I listen, I I didn't I didn't come on here thinking it's a north south thing, but if the evidence was there 3 on 0, uh or three people did not like uh it from the north, but JL likes it. So maybe it's a New York thing. Samich is originally from New York. Well, Heather doesn't like Andy Griffith because she don't understand it. Heather has never really watched it. That's the problem. Oh. You know what? Heather Heather hates Seinfeld too. I don't get that. I would think she would really like that. I think so too. And she likes The Office. She doesn't really like The Office. That much. <laughs> well, she just doesn't like good comedy then, evidently. Oh, maybe not. Well, maybe not. Might be old enough for president the way things are these days. I was going to say, I think you got to be seventy-five to be. I president. don't have the. I don't have the energy. <laughs> JL hates Seinfeld. Seinfeld is you either love it or you hate it. It's it's polarizing. You got to watch it a lot yeah. before you understand. Just like The Office. Sandy and I were talking the other day. We love The Office. We were talking the other day. You just watch that one time. Yeah. You go. This is the stupidest show I've ever seen. If you just have ever just watched it once. Yeah. But if you watch it over and over, the little jokes that are in there that you you got to know the character before you understand it. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll find out what Heather Heather likes. Uh, uh, and and we'll, we'll, I'll report back. On what that. is her favorite show? She loved uh, Supernatural. She really liked it. She watches a lot of Netflix, doesn't she? Yeah, she loves Supernatural. She liked uh, she liked Breaking Bad a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones we've watched. Supernatural may be her favorite show. I I like Breaking Bad, but that is the hardest show I've ever tried to watch. Yeah, you have to really pay attention for sure. For a guy that can't stay awake, man, you're just screwed. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's very intricate show. Yeah, she does like to watch wrestling. Yeah. Okay. See, then that she's she's all accountability now. It's gone. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. After watch Miracle, you need to go to Lake Placid. Totally agree. Go to the arena, and the hair stands up back your neck. Yeah, uh, I I've been there. I I love it. It's it's uh, it's awesome. It's definitely something to do for sure. Uh, I'll never forget the night they won. I was coaching a basketball game. I was head coach at a basketball game, and my dad came to the game. Your grandfather. Mm -hmm. And the game hadn't, we were warming up and he walked all the way across the gym, which wasn't that far. It was not a big gym. Right. And he goes, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, uh-oh. Well, I thought something bad had happened. Right. Yeah. Yes, the United States just beat Russian hockey. <laughs> I said, you you do realize we're the only two people in this gym that give a shit about that game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, you got to be kidding me. He goes, no. He said it was the most thrilling thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And of course, then everybody thought that was for the gold medal, but it wasn't. They had to come back and beat Finland uh two days later for the gold medal. And the thing, the thing that gives me the chills is every time, and Jason, you'll know what I'm talking about because you've been there when you kind of you kind of make a little turn and then boom, there that there it is up on the hill. Is it's up kind of on a hill, is the is where they played it. And you you 
you can kind of get up on the hill and you kind of look down on kind of the main street of Lake Placid. And it's like, how did they have an Olympics here? It's tiny. This is the tiniest little place. And what was that street like after they won that game? Like how insane was that town when that happened? It it always just kind of just. Yeah. I do the same thing when I go to venues, you know, I look around and say, what was this like when this actually happened? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Sylvain, he's got to win. He's got to rain on our parade. Canada did not play that year. Yeah. Okay, Sylvain, don't deny us our one <laughs> thing, okay? <laughs> and I did not know that, by the way. I didn't know that. I can't overstate it enough. It is so small. This town is tiny. This town, the main street, is only about three or four blocks. It's Think, think about Estes Park. Papa dude, sure. and it's about half that size, I'd say. Did they have everything there, or did they have some other events, other places? No, they had almost now there was uh, the surrounding like mountains were kind of not in town, obviously, but yeah, everything was there. Wow, it, it, it's it's why incredible. don't they go back and have it again? That would be really cool. <laughs> That's good, Mackie man. I tell you, I say that all the time. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin B., you know about it as well. Uh, Growing up playing hockey since I was five, my first time ever stepping foot in that 1980 rink to play in a tournament was just an unreal, amazing venue, small town. Uh, Yeah, Lake Placid, lots of hikings, mountains, Olympics. That's all it's known for. There is still a store dedicated just to that. Uh, I I buy something from it every time I go. Uh, U.S. Olympic Hockey Store. Yeah, and all kinds of 1980 merchandise and stuff that you can get right there in Lake Placid. So it's a special, special place. Everybody should go there once if they're a sports fan. Um, and even if you just like to go see a beautiful little mountain town, it, it is that as well. Very, very cool. I've heard. Uh, I think it's not a regret, but I kind of wish we had grown up in an area where we could have played hockey. Yeah, for sure. That would have been fun. Yep, it would have, but... What are you going to do? We grow up in the middle of this dump, so we're <laughs> just make the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gone on and on, and it's time yeah, to go. Time um, to go. Um, uh, Heather probably thinks I'm dead up here. I told her, 7 o'clock, I'll be down. It'll be a short one tonight. An hour and 26 minutes later, we haven't talked about anything we're supposed to talk about in 30 minutes, so uh, it's probably time to go. Uh, we will be back Wednesday night or Thursday night to talk about who we're betting. Uh, it wasn't a great first week, but it wasn't a disaster either. Uh, kind of tread water through most of last week. So hopefully this week will be a little bit better. We got a little bit better feel and, uh, we'll see what happens. So, all right, guys, we are getting off of here now. We appreciate each and every one of you. It was incredibly, incredibly fun. Another fun podcast. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll be back next week. So see you guys. This is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. If you do not agree with this, you're cursed.